Welcome back, everybody, to episode 31 of the Jader and Kyle show. A little bit of a different episode today, guys. Um, we're used to having Jader here. Jader's not here today, obviously. Um, it's going to be a little different this, this time. Jader, I talked to him before this. We've been trying to play it out for a couple weeks. Uh, Jader, unfortunately, he has come down with COVID. And it's been a difficult couple weeks. It hasn't been very good lately for him. Um, him and his girlfriend both have it, so please have him in your thoughts. Uh, think about him. Let him know you love him. Send out tweets, messages, whatever it may be. Um, but we decided that the show can't go on by itself. So we're going to do this today, guys. We're going to put out an episode. We're going to have some fun today like we haven't had in a little bit. I know it's been a couple weeks moving off, um, but we're happy to be back. So, guys, we're going in for another episode. Jader and Kyle show is back uh it's christmas time lots been going on uh around the holidays this year and we're just excited to finally get a couple more episodes up before the end of the year so we're going to go out with a great couple of series of episodes coming up um get ready for some christmas episodes but today we have a very special guest it's another person that i've uh, been accustomed to be working with um he sells phones just like jader and i and so he's a very busy these past couple weeks as well but we're gonna get him involved he's gonna introduce himself to you guys here he is the one and only matthew campana matt what's up man good to see you welcome to the show hey kyle thank you for having matt, me I'm so excited. matt it's great to have you here man thank you so much for coming on um i know it's been a couple weeks in the making but i'm glad we finally made time to make this work yeah i'm really appreciative i'm so excited for this opportunity i'm excited to have some fun talk about a good movie that I love and just hang out with y'all tonight. So Matt, I want you to, I want you to do something for me. Introduce yourself to the audience. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have multi, no, no, let me stop. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my, what, what should I tell them? What should I tell them? Should I tell them about you? Two? Tell what's, what's your journey been like, Matt? What do you want to be known for the most? Um, I think, you know, me, I'm a single father. I'm 27. Um, I've been in Florida for about 15, 16 years. And I'm just about working hard and growing and having fun. You know, like I always live by that motto, live, love, laugh. It's what I do. I, I like to have fun. Me and my kids, we're, we're crazy. Um, you know, so we go do life together. And really just about working hard, having fun, you know, having family, friends, and a lot of love, you know, love hard and have fun. Don't be too hard on yourself. So where are you from, Matt? You said you've been in Florida for 16, 17 years. Where'd you come from? Um, I was born in New York. Shout out to Brooklyn. But I um, I was there until I was about like 10 years old. I always forget the exact age I moved down here, but it was in fourth grade. Okay. So I was like eight, or eight to 10. I came down here. I lived in Port St. Lucie for about like 11 years and then moved to Vero Beach. Um, and I've been in Vero Beach now for about four years. But I still got my New York blood. For four years. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, cut out for a second. So we're back. Um, I'm so sorry. yeah, you've been in Florida for a couple of years. No, you're good, man. We recently uh, just met only a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, for Like I said earlier, Matt and I, we both sell phones. Uh, so it's been uh, it's been fun getting to know him. We've gotten pretty close over these past couple of months. So I'm glad you're here, man. But also, you you have a podcast of your own. So please tell everybody about that. That is right. I'm, I'm part of um, Rain Podcast, brought to you by 
Rain International. Um, what it is, is we kind of just get together and bring on young entrepreneurs who are trying to um, promote their business as well as grow just individually and, and have fun. It's really like a, a, a foundation of people of all different cultures and races. And we come together kind of like family and just have fun, but as well as just trying to bring stuff to the local communities, you know, um, that's really what it's about. So, I mean, give us an example. Like what's it, what kind of a, 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 what are you promoting when you do this podcast? Like what kind of people have you had on? Yeah. So for instance, like on our last episode, go check it out, guys. Rain podcast, our YouTube page, go click the link and subscribe. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> <a plug. laughs> it ain't a plug, but it's a plug. No, but um, on our last episode, we actually, we rented out KK Billards in Miami so we shot at a different location at the Billers Hall and our guests, we had three guests. We had our co-host, Dr. Khadija, who where she promotes her business that she makes clothes. Um, and then we had the owner of KK Billards and she got on and spoke about like just being a young entrepreneur and owning a business and running in and having a team. And, and then we had another guest, his name was VJ, um, who was like into like a, the economy and like spoke to the world about like what we could expect 2021 in terms of the um, economy and where to put your money and invest. So different things like that. Those are the type of guests we have on. All right. I mean, you've been doing it for a couple, I remember when we first met, you were talking about how you're getting this podcast off the ground and you were uh, working really hard to get it to keep going. You go to Miami every week. So that's a, that's a drive to make that happen. So good yeah, for you, I'm not, I don't necessarily go every week. Like, I, the team that I work with, they're so amazing. Like his name is Jason and he like, I mean, he is like the definition of a young entrepreneur who's really just like, it's so come up. Like I remember our first episode, like literally rearrange, we still do it, but <laughs> rearranging the furniture, like this office space in Miami and like having a camera crew there. So um, I kind of just like, I feel like sometimes I don't put in the work that they do in terms of like, you know, they're like hustling every day. You know, I kind of do the podcast and interview the guests and, and mm -hmm. be the co-host for the for the podcast. But um, yeah, no, it's great. It's a it's a fun experience. So are you new to the interviewing game? Um, in, in that field, yes. Um, I was a recruiter for about three years. Okay. So three year, four year, three, three to four years. So I mean, I'm used to interviewing people, but of course, like <laughs> it's different when you're sitting in an interview with a, you know, an employee, as opposed to sitting on a camera interviewing someone, having, <laughs> you know, hundreds of people viewing your videos and watching you. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, but I like interviewing. So I've had to learn the same thing uh, over these past couple years when I started working for this website right here. We would have to go to Miami and interview uh, people who had movies coming out and television shows, whatever it may be. And I remember my first on-camera interview, they sit you down in front of this famous celebrity and it's just like, all right, go. And, you know, it's just about having that free-flowing conversation going back and forth and always about listening to what your uh, interviewee is saying. So you can always follow up because you don't want to be that person who's just like is answering or asking the questions. You want to get something out there. You want to try to yeah. grab something out of them. So I'm sure you felt the same way recently with what you've been doing. Yeah. You just got to be able to like flow, you know, like we, um, I remember my first video, it took about like 20 cuts for us to even get past me saying, welcome world. <laughs> like <laughs> it was ridiculous, you know, because you, and you really don't know how hard it is until you do it. 
I think a lot of people be like, oh, I could do it, I could do it. But it's like, when you really have those cameras on you and it's like a whole room is watching and you're like, have this pressure on you, it's not as easy as it may seem. No, the lights are scary. No, absolutely. It doesn't matter how prepared you are. As soon as you step in, if those lights hit you, everything just goes blank. So you really got to focus when it comes to that. <laughs> I've had it happen. Uh, I've seen it happen a couple times to some people, and it's uh, it's it's hard. But you know, it's not for everybody. But this is what it's for. <laughs> the we have like things. Shout out to him because he like is so good at editing, and like we like. There's so many takes in between the actual finished product because of either mistakes or just laughing or like. I mean, I laugh a lot, so sometimes <laughs> I find a lot of. I always laugh at the most inappropriate times. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, a I don't know what it is, but like sometimes like I'll just start laughing and I cannot stop. And it's like so ridiculous. Um, so this is a, a movie podcast. So I want to hear what are, what's kind of like your background with movies? What do you enjoy most about them? What kind of genres do you like? Stuff like that. Okay. I, I am a big, I really am a big, big movie person. Like, okay. I, I think I probably stopped though watching the movies out of unpassed, like, you know, the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> None you know, of like those type of old movies I don't watch, really, honestly, to be honest. But mm -hmm. I love the classics. But growing up, I always loved horror movies. I was always big on horror. Um, and I love spoof movies. Like, I love movies that make fun <laughs> of other movies. Like, something about them just like, Used to just die laughing, but I really like. I love movies. I love um, movies that make you think. I love suspense thrillers. I really like all types of movies. My least favorite are comedies. I know, like <laughs> I know I like. I know I said I like spoofs, mm -hmm. but I would rather watch a thriller or a movie that makes you think and have to follow along, as opposed to a comedy. I'll watch a comedy though, but you gotta like. It gotta be a good one. It gotta be funny. It's got to grab something. That's so funny because just the other day we were trying to find a movie and we landed on a comedy. So uh, that's funny how it came to be that way. Um, yeah, I know. That's because I was like, okay, well, we were sitting there and Jacqueline's like, oh, let's watch a comedy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I really hate watching comedies but because I, I usually don't find them funny. Mm -hmm. But actually the movie we did watch the other night was a good movie though. <laughs> um, Even though you have to sleep, but whatever, we won't hey, talk. We, we've seen it. We've seen it. It had to happen. Um, <laughs> it with horror movies, what what are your some of your favorites when it comes to those horror movies? Oh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, oh, that's right. That was one of your suggestions for the yeah, show. Literally, when I say that, like, I I just remember like my mom taking me to the movies, and no, not the ones from the fifties or the eighties. <laughs> I like the one with Jessica Biel. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that was where I got into it. But like, I I just remember going to the movie theaters with my mom and dad, and I was so scared, literally, like watching that movie. It was like the scariest movie I ever thought of my whole life. Have you seen any of the classic horror movies? Something like The Exorcist or The Thing? Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, what do you think? Of, like, have you seen The Thing? The Thing, no. The Thing. Oh boy, it's the one where <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's a creature that can turn into anybody that it kills. And I've probably like, seen it. I've, I've probably seen it. Oh my gosh, man. That's something I got to show you at some point. No, um, I never did the thing, but I do watch like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacres and like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of the original classics, but yeah, I didn't watch the thing though. 
<laughs> you gotta see Smart the child, thanks for putting me on blast you could have told hey. me what you were gonna ask me about <laughs> that's part of it here you're not the first person that <laughs> he's gonna um, me with questions and not tell me what movie he gonna he's gonna talk about all right i'm gonna throw you on the spot here then besides oh, the one we're talking about here today what are some of your favorite films <laughs> mean girls no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> no I'm just, i really am just kidding but i do love that movie um, but no, some of my favorite films, honestly, like the other, like I love like the bone collector, don't say a word, along came a spider. Mm. Um, those are the type of movies that I'm into. I also love movies that even like are a little newer. Like I love like, um, the Da Vinci code, um, movies like that, you know, just, there's so many, I love a lot of them. Okay, so who's if all right? If a certain actor or actress is putting out a film, you're gonna go see it no matter what. What actor or actress is that? Hmm. Hmm. Certain actress. Okay, so I I gotta say something off the wall. Okay. This person, she does comedy. All right. She's my favorite, and any movie that she's in, I will go watch. And that's Anna Faris. I'm sorry. Anna Faris is so. She's great. the most funniest. Ethan, can I curse on here? Of course. <laughs> of course. She's <laughs> literally the most effing funniest person ever. I love her so much. I wish I could just hang out with her for a day. I really do love Anna Ferris. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I got um, so you, that's that, that kind of explains your spoof movie love because Anna Ferris and those scary movie Oh uh, my series. god. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> the way she just was always so winded. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, the microphone. I, I love her so much. And like literally, oh she, if she's in it, I just, I know it's my type of comedy. Unless it's this one that, of course, the one movie that Nick showed me that Anna Ferris was in that was like, okay. Oh, what, which one was it? There's what was one called Smiley Face. Smiley Face? Oh, yes. I remember you Smiley. Seen it? Yes, I've seen Smiley Face. Okay, that was like, okay, that was a little much, but I love her so much. Did you see Overboard from like two years ago with Anna Faris? Mm-mm. It's a movie where um, her she works for like a really shitty boss and he ends up getting amnesia. And so she starts <laughs> acting like she's her, his, his wife. So she starts getting back at him for everything that he always I gotta watch that. What is it called? Overboard. Overboard? I gotta watch it. Overboard. If you're an Anna Ferris fan, she's just funny in everything she's in, so I completely understand that. Is there anyone else that you would list in that category of people? Yeah, you know? I mean, more serious actors. I love Angelina Jolie. I love Denzel. I love um, what's his name, though? Why can't I think of his name? Um, is it Morgan Freeman? I love Morgan Freeman. I love oh, him so much. I can watch any movie with him. We uh, actually had a Morgan Freeman episode um, a couple months back. Yeah, we talked about him. we talked about Seven with Morgan. Oh uh, yeah, I seen that movie. Yeah, so that's I love it. Morgan Freeman. So Morgan Freeman, you said Denzel. Seven and, is the one with Brad Pitt, isn't it? Yes, Seven okay. with Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and Kevin Spacey. Have you ever seen the movie The Number Twenty Three with Jim Carrey? I have not seen that one. No, where he's no. like obsessed with the number twenty three. No, what is this movie? <laughs> oh, Colin didn't know a movie. No. no, let me look this up. The number 23. Yeah, and he's like obsessed with the number 23. Oh my gosh, I've never heard of this before. You gotta watch it. 
Or is it like a suspense? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That that It's kind of sick and twisted. Is he like killing 23 people? It's like a mix between like, um, it gives you like Black Swan type of vibes. Ooh, Black Swan's a good one. Type of vibes, but not so like, mm, it's more like raw. Mm. Are Are you a Jim Carrey fan? I love Jim Carrey. I love the Truman Show. I'm sorry. <laughs> we watch that movie every time it's on TV. I wish Jader was here because you and him would get along pretty well. He loves horror and he loves Jim Carrey. Those I love are Jim Carrey. Two of liar, his favorite. Liar. liar, liar. We did oh, Dumb and Dumber. We did, uh, he wants to do The Mask coming up. So there's so I many. I love The Mask. I love The yeah. Mask. And then did you know, like it was, I was just watching um, earlier actually, like they were talking about how they that the makeup how he did the Grinch, mm-hmm. he had to wear that costume like basically for like ninety days in a row, right? But like it was so hard wearing that makeup in the Grinch and that costume that they bought someone from like the um like the army to like teach him how to like um be able to mentally de- deal with like and like that type of feeling like being uncomfortable like that, huh? I didn't hear about that. I I know that makeup that makeup's kind of disturbing <laughs> when you're a kid it and you see that. Disturbing, yeah. Yeah. That, really, that was really him. Like that was really all him underneath there, like with makeup and stuff. Like his eyes, like imagine having those contacts. Like it's crazy. I was literally just watching it early today. They were talking. I forget where I was watching it, but Okay. It's, it's always on TV now during Christmas time. I feel like it's on every day. You could find it somewhere. The the Grinch is always there. Um I remember when they came out with the cat in the hat like two years later too, how disturbing that thing was. I love the cat in the hat. Oh my gosh, it's so it weird. It is disturbing though. It is weird. I hate stuff like that. The way like things look like that, it grosses me out. Mm-mm. Um, let's make a transition here. So when I asked you to come on the show, I told you you could pick any movie you wanted to talk about. Any movie in the world. And you gave me a couple options, but the one we settled on was Girl Interrupted. So, Matt, I want you to tell the audience, why did you choose this movie? Well. <laughs> Take a puff. <laughs> um, okay, like, I can, ha- I have, like, a, you know, I can have a deep answer and a regular answer. First of all, I love Girl Interrupted because, I mean, this is the cast. I love women cast. So it's an all-woman cast. And... Um, they're all amazing actresses. Shout out, rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. I love Brittany Murphy so much. She's always been my favorite. Um, but it has, I think the movie just has a lot of substance, has a lot to talk about. I think you, with The Girl Interrupted, you can't just only talk about one thing. I think it has so much to talk about. And then also, I just love movies that touch on mental health. Like, I really do. Something about it just intrigues me. Like, um, you know, when people are going through things and like uh, something about that, like I'm always like hooked on to. So Girl Interrupted is just an amazing movie. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it, please. You know, it was surprising when you told me that this was the film that you really wanted to do because just your personality on the surface, you would never think that this is the movie that you'd be wanting to talk about the most. But when you get into the whole mental health aspect of it, Mm -hmm. it's really something to unpack because there's a lot in this film that it's saying talking about yeah. depression and trying to you know handle your inner inner demons and is it can that be fixed or should it be fixed like what do we do i think there's a lot of questions that come up with that so mm-hmm. w- when you walk away from this film matt like what what do you take away from it as far as like messages 
um, that, so like, I mean, it is mostly about mental health, like you were saying. So it, it feels like there's, you know, there's quite a bit of material in here that relates to stuff. This movie was in 1999. And I think one of the things that I really noticed is a lot of the themes are very consistent with what people are dealing with today. We're in a pandemic right now where people are staying at home constantly. When you stay at home, it brings up these feelings of depression and loneliness and stuff like that. And I feel like this film uh, puts a magnifying glass on that. And it really shows how people could maybe take that too far. But I don't know, like, what are you taking away when you watch this? I think that, I think one of the things is that it always like, you know, it kind of, when you actually watch it and what you feel from it, is that life is worth it. And no matter what you're going through, like I think Winona Ryder was a um, phenomenal actress throughout the movie and the way that where you had like, she was probably the most relatable, relatable character, right? Because out of all the characters and all the girls that were there, you had some that yes, had a lot of mental issues, some that been through drama, some that are just rebellious where her, she was a mix between someone who did have probably um, some tendencies of someone that maybe was living more in a, uh, a, risk, a riskier life, but also just a regular girl who was being molested by an older guy or was dealing with insecurities from her family or whatever the case is. Mm. So I think um, just reminding you that life is always worth it and that things can always get better. And... Um, you know, it don't, your, your past doesn't define you, you know, like what defines you is what you come out of it. So that's probably for me personally, like the message that I take from it is just learning. I always reflect on anything and I always relate it to me somehow where, whether it's a music or a video or a movie or anything, it might not, everything might not relate to you, but there's some way that you can have it relate to your life and take what you need. So I think when I watch that movie, it just gets, it just gets, it just gets to me because, you know, it just shows like, you know, there are people like that, that one minute you could be borderline crazy. And then it's like, no, but you're really not. You just suppress your feelings and just things like that. So I think what I take from it is that life is worth it and your past don't define you. One of the things that I feel like I took away from it the most that I liked about it the most was how they really made you th question whether Winona Ryder does actually should be in the hospital in this mental yeah. facility. Because when you were seeing it at the beginning, she chased down um, a, a bottle of vodka with a yeah. bottle of painkillers, right? And it's like, was she just, was this just a one-time thing or is she actually suffering from stuff? Does she really need to be in this mental facility? And you, it keeps you guessing throughout the entire time as you start to unpack more and more things. And I, I really appreciate about that. Also, too, um, when you start to meet the cast of characters that are inside this mental facility, um, some of them seem normal at the beginning, and then they show why they're there in the first place. Or some of them are just crazy at the top, but then as you start to get to know them more and more, they have more of a personality and more something to them. Like One of my favorite characters in this is Polly, who the first time we see her, she's got this big smile on her face because she's trying to play instruments through a cage. Um, but then you come, you see, she's got the burnt face and you come to learn more and more about her, about how she yeah. you know, got to this point. She's always a happy soul, but on this 
outside, she's always going to be known for that. And it's, you know, it's trying to learn about everybody beneath the surface. It's not just what you see on the outside. So that's something I really take away from it. Um, as far as the, as far as the, like the background of this film, um, we like, we always like to talk about awards on this um, Oscars and stuff. This film only got one Oscar nomination in no. the year 1999. The year 1999 historically is one of the greatest years in movie history. You've had some of the classics that have ever come out, came out in 1999. But, but that's probably why it didn't get that much shine because one, it was an all woman cast. Number two, um, number two, it was an all girls cast. Number two, it had other movies to how to compete with. And it touched on mental health, which probably a lot of people weren't touching on at that time. And um, that's probably why it didn't get much shine, maybe, as it should have. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, it's funny because in 1999, like we said, it's one of the greatest years ever. But the nominees, the five nominees, you look at them, and you're like, why are those the movies when you consider everything else that came out this year? Like the movie that won Best Picture was American Beauty. Oh, movie. American Beauty came, won that year. Um, you had stuff like The Sixth Sense and The Matrix, American Pie, like all these movies that kind of define, yeah, that define their genres in a way. Like The Matrix changed sci-fi and American Pie was a coming of age thing. And Sixth Sense was, you know, like one of the biggest twists in movie history. So a lot of yeah. great things came out that year, but it did win one award. And that was Angelina Jolie for Best Supporting Actress. Of course. My God, she is incredible in this film. Like Angelina Jolie really needs to it, – it's the only Oscar she ever won. You stick with that photo I jabbed it right on my fucking iota. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so do you even know what it, where an iota is? <laughs> um, I learned from this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's one of my favorite scenes in the film. This is when she's just trying to make that threat. Um, but – She's such a fascinating character. Every time she's on the screen, you're so captivated by her because even though she is a terrible human being with what she's like, what the, the stress she puts people through, she's still someone that you want to see what she's going to do next. You hope she can get better because she's that interesting of a person. Uh, I mean, Matt, who, who's your favorite character in this? Without giving away any of your awards picks that we have for the categories later, who's your favorite character? Um, or actually, let, let's put it like let's put it like have, this: Did anyone else deserve an award for acting yeah. besides Angelina yeah. Jolie? I personally relate to Winona Ryder in that movie, so I think the most relatable character for me would be her. Best character, I mean, I'm always just I love Brittany Murphy. <laughs> I love I love um. This would be a random. This would be like a little one of my cameo questions. I don't know her name. I don't know her name. The her actress name, but she was the one who like suffered from anorexia or like body dysmorphia and thought she was like super fat and she was so skinny. Oh shoot! Who and was she was like she'd watch. She sit there. She smoked the cigarettes. She was the blonde girl, and she was like they were doing the yoga, and they're like be a tree. Be a tree and like, like herself on the ground, and she's like, "I'm not a fucking tree, I'm a fucking shrub," and she's like on the ground and shit. But like, shoot, I love her. But um, you know, I don't know. There was so many. You know, my favorite. You know, I love Winona Ryder. I love Angelina Jolie. I love Brittany Murphy. Those are my three favorites of the whole movie. So Winona Ryder, you said you relate to her character the most. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what kind of tea we got to give the people watching? Hey, you do well, whatever you feel. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, and just to be fair and raw and uncut and really give people the truth, like, you know, I kind of been in that same situation, right? Just like you said, like, when she took that bottle of vodka and those pills, was that a one-time thing? Or did she have a crazy summer? Was she really mentally messed up in the head? You know, like, I've been there. Like, I, I was there. Like, I, when I was 18, I literally probably did the same thing. Where I wasn't crazy, I wasn't, well, we're all crazy. And next thing you know, you ended up in a behavioral institution and you're like, shit, am I meant to be here? Like, is this what I should be doing? Or did that just happen? Or like, how do I get out of this? So being 18 years mm -hmm. old in a behavioral institution and literally getting out there for three days and then getting out and then starting senior year high school three days later and still trying to be normal and deal with society and the world and everything, but also not trying to fight what things you're going through. Like, that's what I've been through. I literally been through that. So okay. it's crazy. So she's definitely the most relatable to me because, you know, I, I like a lot of things that she was, I, I was, you know, like when I was younger, I was promiscuous when, you know, I was rebellious when, you know, there's people, you know, just really. And that's that's me being honest. Like, I'm saying a whole lot right now. I'm being really honest because I think it's fair for people to know the truth. And it's like people go through that kind of stuff. Yeah. People age and don't know how to come out from it. Yeah. And that's one of the my favorite things about movies is being able to find someone that you can relate to, find a character that you can attach yourself to and say, that's me on the screen. And saying, am I going to put myself, am, am I, are they going to go through the same thing I did or what are they going to do differently? It's yeah. part of the fun of watching movies is that there's always something different every time you watch it. And that's great that you're able to find someone in this film that you personally relate to. So Matt, thank you for sharing that stuff because I know, yeah, yeah I know it can be a little Not difficult. Easy, but I, you know, I'm an open book. I've always been kind of like an open book. You know, obviously, and I'm putting my business out there. But <laughs> I think it just is important for people to share their story mm -hmm. and never feel ashamed of anything you've been through. Just, like, come out strong from it. And I think that's one of the important messages of this film is, like, is when it always comes to these mental health films, it's talking about are you, act are you sick in the head or is are you just being yourself? And that's one of the things that... These are you going through something? Are you going through something? Do you need help? Are there things in your past that you can't get out from? Mm -hmm. Are there things that people have done to you that you mentally can't get over? Or are you just having a crazy summer? Exactly. You're just being yourself. We're, none of us are perfect. We're all going through stuff at some point in our lives. And it's about finding that balance and finding that happiness that we're all trying to, you know, we seek every single day. So um, that's, it's funny. It's fun that we got to this point in this conversation, Matt. Um, let's get to the categories here then. Let's lighten it up a little bit. We're going to start here with what we always do is best scene. There are so many great scenes in this film. So Matt, I want to hear what was your choice for best scene? My best scene. The one that I chose for best scene. I'm a very deep person. Okay. But I think the best scene was the whole, like, when they arrived at Brittany Murphy's house after she was released, and then Brittany Murphy wind up like hanging herself in the bathroom, mm -hmm. that was probably my the best scene. 
So I want to ask you about that. No, that sounds so bad. No, no. <laughs> well, it was super emotional and sad. Like they were so mean, and like I, I literally could cry at watching parts like that. And like they were literally so mean to her, and she's literally giving them money to like go make pancakes in the morning. And like next thing you know, she's in the upstairs. She's dead. Just hung herself straight up. Hung herself. So I want to ask you this: Did you see that coming when? Yeah. Could you see it coming? You see it coming as soon as she's walking upstairs sad like that. Yeah, when she says, um, don't worry about me in the morning. Um, I'll come down when I'm ready. That's when I was like, oh, boy, this is it. She She's not coming back down at all. And that was uh, – I remember when I was watching it for the first time, you didn't want it to happen, but you knew it was coming. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. In the morning, like when Angelina Jolie sitting there at the table, she had been fucking playing that music all goddamn morning. You just knew she was dead. Yeah. Uh, that's It's a powerful scene when that happens and really sad when you – When she's like talking to her and she's like, <laughs> you got some chickens. Yeah, you daddy. <laughs> It's like fuck a chicken and like like she was going in on her. She was talking. Oh my god, that was so bad. But no, um, I did like one of those scenes. But I did like another scene. I liked one where Nona was in the bathtub with Whoopi. I love when they. Um, I like when she had when she was when she was having making love with the guy in the in the um when he came and visited her and then he brought her to the room. Just so many different scenes till it like. I think the scene that I've quoted the most ever was the I, I stab you and stab myself in my Iota scene. I probably repeated that like three times throughout life. Um, we're, we're, that's going to be our next category in a sec. I'm my choice for best scene was um, I kind of went with a happier one. And it's the scene where they spin to Polly uh, through the door after she gets locked up. Um, oh, that was when she grabs the guitar and say, you know, we're going to make her happy. And they just start singing in the hallway. I forget what the song was, but they start singing in the hallway. And then the, um, the guy comes Under running over. The boardwalk? I think that's what it is. I, f I don't know what the name of the song is off the top of my head, but then the guy comes over who kind of has a crush on Winona Ryder. And instead of him breaking it up, he joins in and sits down. And I just like, it's like that feel good moment where it's just like, Let's not follow the rules here. It's okay to break a couple of them to make someone happy who's clearly going through something very distressful. So that's one of the scenes that just makes me smile when I watch this film. That's my choice for best yeah, scene. Yeah, that is sweet. I'm glad you went with the happier one, and I'm talking about when she killed herself. <laughs> it's a good balance. Um, <laughs> all right, we go to the next category, which is best line. Um, I'll start here because uh, I'm sure you got quite a few of them that you want to go through. So I'm going to go with something that Lisa says towards the end. And it's when she says, I'm playing the villain, baby, just like you want. I try to give you everything you want. That kind of encapsulates Angelina Jolie's character throughout the entire thing. How she knows what she's doing throughout this entire process. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to break your heart. I'm here to show you why you're actually in this mental facility. And it's a scary line. When she says that, it's 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 just so dark. You're like, oh my gosh, like she's she's completely psycho. She's the one who actually needs to be in here. Meanwhile, all these other women actually have something they're fighting through and they're trying to get better. Angelina Jolie's not trying to get better. She's trying to make everyone else worse, and that's the line that really makes it happen. So that's my that was one of the lines I took away from it. Um, what do you got, Matt? 
Wow. How am I supposed to answer after you'd have to that answer? You're supposed to let the horrible answer person go first, um, you know, so that way I, I can't have to follow up with that amazing answer. Well, that's what that's part of the fun of this is we get we don't know what our answers are going into. I was going to say the Iota scene. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that's your favorite. favorite. <laughs> I, but you, I remember you uh, quoted quite a few when we were working the other day. Do you have any other ones that you like? <laughs> I love like I, I love I guess I can talk about the scene with her and Whoopi Goldberg in the bathtub yeah and where she you know Whoopi Goldberg checked her and she was in the bathtub and she was just like oh you know making fun of Whoopi for the color of her skin and then you know Whoopi kind of checked her and was like you know you you were just a spoiled little girl who da 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 I, I don't even remember all the words but um I think that'll be probably a scene that I could quote, like a line from the movie. I love how that was horrible. I'm sorry, I can't even remember. No, all I love how Wayona kind of just um, she really goes hits Whoopi in the spots that it hurts, mm-hmm. and Whoopi doesn't even it doesn't even phase her. She just kind of leans yeah. over, says one thing that kind of just shuts her down. Like I, I like I've been I've seen it all before. I've heard it all before. You're just another one of the people that come in and out of here, but you also have something special to you and you don't want to waste that. I, I really enjoy that moment as well. Yeah. Um, casting what ifs. This is some of the research that I did. Um, a lot of people auditioned for this movie when I was coming out. So let, here's a couple of the names that didn't get any roles. Reese Witherspoon, Rose McGowan, Kate Hudson, Christina Ricci, uh, Katie Holmes, Gretchen Wool, and Alicia, Alicia Witt and Alanis Morissette all auditioned for unspecified roles. Elena Morissette did? Yeah. Christina Ritchie, that is um that's the girl from Casper, right? Yes. I love her. And then I mean obviously Reese Witherspoon and Katie Holmes. I love Reese Witherspoon, but she wouldn't have fit in it. No, I don't think they any of these women would have worked as well as what we had in the actual cast, but it is always cool to like go back and see, oh, what if this person was supposed to be in this film? Oh, what if this person got this part? It completely changes it sometimes. So that was what I found. Um, next category, the Mahershala Ali Award for Best Sharpshooter, the character who does the most in the least amount of time, obviously honoring Mahershala Ali for his role in Moonlight. Um, Matt, who was your pick for this? I picked Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Okay, why? Was that a bad answer? No, not at all. I want to hear why. Well, because I feel like she may have the most impact because she kind of stirred the, um, you know, it was where they kind of like was also like, a, you know, part of the climax when they escaped and, you know, and went to her house and then she went up killing herself. And then Winona Ryder went up realizing that this isn't the life she wants and kind of was like, I would have to say what the climax of the movie where like that happened and then it was like, bam, you know, towards the end. Yeah. And Brittany Murphy, if you really think about it, wasn't really in a lot of scenes. You know what I mean? She had the she she was in there to show the the realness of the mental facility when like her and Lisa were like, you know, going in there for pills, switching pills. And then also in there towards the end when they escaped and had a place to go to, and kind of like was didn't really wasn't in the movie a lot. You know, if you really if you really watch back. She's not in the movie a lot at all. She didn't 
I don't even think she went with the girls like downstairs to the basement to like see their files. I don't even think she was with them. No. She was there really in her room and she only made a couple of appearances, but she really had a big impact on the movie, I think. She really is the true answer for this for this category um, because she, her impact is felt throughout the entire thing, especially yeah. after her final scene. You feel the consequences of the actions of Angelina Jolie's character. So she really is the answer. I went with someone else just to shake it up a little bit. I went with Whoopi Goldberg. Um, I, I think- was going to pick her, but that felt too easy because she's in the movie a lot. She she is in a little bit, uh, qu- quite a bit, but I think my choice with Whoopi is because she's like the one good presence throughout the entire thing. Like she's the one that's always going to balance the film out. Whenever things start getting crazy, she comes in and calms everything down and is that kind of that guiding light that the film needs in order to really balance itself. Every time she speaks, she has something great to say. Um, she puts people in her place when they need to. I just really enjoy what she brought to the table here. Well, so that's funny though, because actually Whoopi was actually my next answer for so the best cameo. All right, so let's go there. Best cameo then. So it's your choice for Whoopi. Whoopi. So why'd you pick Whoopi then? Because, because, of what I <laughs> because exactly what you said. Like I, that's why I picked her for the cameo because I felt like Whoopi was on a lot. Whoopi was there when they went to the restaurant. Whoopi was there in the bathtub. Whoopi was there in the beginning. Whoopi was there to manage all the girls the whole time. So I didn't feel like she did the most in the least amount of time. I feel like she was just, like you said, the light, the positivity there. The reason I helped Winona be down to earth and become back to normal. And you can tell held all the girls together. So I thought she was the best cameo. So my cameo, um, I, I took it in a different direction with a character that's just in one scene and that's it. And um, it's just because it's it one of those things where I was like, oh, I know that guy. And it's a- uh, Oh, was it the guy that came in and had sex with her in the hospital? No, no, no. Pick him? No, not him. I went with um, Kurtwood Smith, who's literally the very first person you see in this film, who's the one who's interviewing Winona Ryder and uh, finding out why, uh, trying to, the, to say why oh, she should that go was a there. Good one. That was good. That's a good one. Yeah, Kurtwood Smith. I'm a big RoboCop fan, and um, Kurtwood Smith is obviously well he's known. For this. He was a therapist. Yes, he's the therapist, and he's just in it for one scene. And, but I was like, hey, I know that guy. So he was my choice because he's always fun to see whenever I see him in a movie. Um, all right, another fun award coming up here: the Gary Oldman. Everyone award for best overacting. So someone in this film who is doing just is a little bit over the top in this. So it's kind of, we always like to say that this is 80% compliment, 20% insult for this award. So who did you go with for this, Matt? Um, okay, is there any or any moment that you're like, Oh man, they were way over the top. Uh, I, it's funny because I, I'm now like, for some reason, as you're reading out the question, my answer doesn't fit what I want, like what I thought at that time. I actually put Winona Ryder, but okay. I was not the question at first. Like, um, I don't know. I, I forget. I'm trying to think why I wrote Winona. You know, it, it's so funny because um, you're doing the same thing that Jackie did when she was on the show, which is pick the main character and say that they're over. They're the ones who overdid it, which never really happens, which is funny because usually the main character is the one who's balancing it out. But you got, she gave a great answer as to why, but how do why do you feel Wayona Ryder is the, 
the one is overactive. Yeah, no, I don't, but that's the thing. I now, as I sit back and reflect, I feel like maybe that wasn't the best answer because the overreacting probably was. Uh, I don't know. That that's a hard one. That really is a hard one. Overreacting. I mean, the girl that was like <laughs> crying about her weight was a little much overacting. You know, I, um, I I have two kind of. Um, first, I went with Clea Duvall, who um. It's for the one scene where she's like, my father works for the CIA and can have you dead in the next minute if I want to. <laughs> like, okay, she's she just came up with that on the spot and it doesn't work at all. <laughs> I didn't like that moment. That's the girl who makes up lies, right? Who's yeah, she just makes up lies. <laughs> um, I remember um, she was, I was wondering, like, why is she in this thing in the mental hospital for the longest time? And then when she finally blows up, you're like, oh, that's why. And I think she does it a little bit too much. Um, just a little over the top. I you have the perfect answers. <laughs> um, I was, these answers with me before the show. <laughs> well, next time, Matt. <laughs> um, I also went with, uh, so the guy you're t who hooks up with Winona Ryder at the hospital is Jared Leto. Um, to, I want to ask you this question. Does he look like Zac Efron in this movie? Ah, uh, can I pull it up as I talk to you? Yeah. So, so search up Jared Leto in uh, Girl Interrupted. What's his name? Jared Leto. He's the lead singer for 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, he won an Oscar, obviously. For... I want to say yeah, but I'm like, I have to just look at his face again. Yeah. Oh, 100% Zac Efron. Doesn't he look like Zac Efron? Yes. Uh-huh. I saw that. I'm like, Zac Efron's in this? And I'm like, oh, wait, no. That's it. Wait, oh, my God. So <laughs> he was Zac Efron before Zac Efron. Because this movie came out before High School Musical. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. mm. Jared Leto has popped up in so many of the movies we've done on this show. He just, for some reason, he's always there. But he, well, he's, you know, looking like a... <laughs> Let me stop. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's crazy. He looks just like Zac Efron. That's what I thought. I, it's, I, then you, you realize that there's no way it could be Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> it looks just like him, though. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, next category here. What doesn't work? So, Matt, is there anything in this film that doesn't hold up? When you watch it through 2020 eyes, is there anything that you're like, oh, that doesn't work as well? That actually was the one question that I, I didn't want to write an answer to. I wanted to, like, answer it naturally and really think about it raw, like, uncut. Okay. What doesn't work is... Um, You answer first. You tell okay. Me. Well, I mean, through 2020 eyes, um, the security system at the uh, the mental facility just doesn't hold up at all. For those girls to be able to sneak and go to the basement and play around and go bowling uh, when no one ever catch them, that doesn't, that doesn't hold up today. Um, How was their bowling alley underneath? Yeah. Where'd they find a bowling alley? How, how was that even established in the first place? I think that was that's something that you watch it today and you're like, ah. And I don't think that would work anymore. But um, obviously, whenever we do an older movie, cell phones would solve a lot of things. Whenever you see it through today's eyes, oh, if someone had a cell phone, this easily would have been solved. Like if you watch the movie Scream, yeah. uh, it, Scream would be solved if someone had cell phones. In the <laughs> like the way um, 
They did have a lot of freedom in that hospital. They did, right? They felt like they were able to rump. Like Angelina Jolie, when she snuck into went on a writer's room, is like, we're getting out of here tonight. I want to <laughs> know how she got in there in the first place without <laughs> anybody noticing. Like, this is the woman who's escaped like three times. How come no one's keeping an eye on her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right. Some interesting details that I found out about the movie. Um, I, I don't know how you're going to take any of these, Matt. But first I saw um, – so Winona Ryder was you know, very influential in getting this movie made. So she acquired the rights to the book and spent seven years trying to get it made. Um, right. That's one of the first things I found. So Winona Ryder was very passionate about getting this thing done. Um, Angelina Jolie avoided any interaction with Winona Ryder during the film because she thought if she saw any kind of humanity in her, she wouldn't be able to be a sociopath toward her. So he wa she wanted to know the least amount of Winona Ryder so she could be as big of a crazy person as she could possibly be without feeling bad about it. Um, kind of shows you the lengths that actors will go to to play their characters right there. Um, something else you might like, Matt, the original cut of this film was three hours long. So there's a three hour version of this film sitting out there somewhere, but it's oh never God. been released. So there's more content out there. I want to see and it. Then, and then finally the hospital they filmed in was actually a hospital used to treat mental patients, but it closed in 2006. So they actually filmed it at a mental facility and then, uh, that's, it came together the way we saw it. So that was a couple of details I found. Any of those stand out to you, Matt? Yeah, I love that. Um, I love, I love the um, the one about Angelina Jolie because it just goes to show like she's an amazing actress, and that's mm -hmm. why very you committed know, actors actually commit to their roles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could you imagine when a writer like sets up this whole thing? Because like I said, she was very like influential getting this made, and then Jolie's not even talking to her when the cameras aren't rolling, just walking right away from her. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Apex Melon, our second to last category, Apex Melon. So this is the point in someone's career when they're at their peak, where it never gets better for them, but at this point, they're basically able to do whatever they want, or it never got better for them after this for their career. So um, to be honest, this is one of the first films that I don't think I can think of anybody. I don't know if this was the apex of anyone's career. If you look at Will and Ryder, um, See, that's where I, that's why I picked. That's what you picked. All okay. I could think of was Winona Ryder, because only reason why for me personally, I haven't seen a lot of content that Winona Ryder has done. I really know Winona Ryder for being the one that's got so caught shoplifting on Sax Fifth Avenue. So, like, <laughs> literally, how I know her, Winona, um, as a joke in White Chicks, but I never really knew any movies with Renona Ryder and then except for interrupted from my eyes to, I picked Renona Ryder for that reason. Um, obviously someone like you who probably has seen a bunch of movies she was in probably, you know, knowledge on that. I picked her for that reason. I think she actually does qualify for this and here's why. So what is she known for most? I think it's this. It's shoplifters, but I also, yes. <laughs> um, I also think, though, like, she's so she's been nominated for two Oscars in her life. Um, one of them was for Little Women, which Little Women has been made four times. Oh, my times. God, I remember Little Women. I used to have that. My mom used to have that on tape. Little Women's fantastic. The most recent one that came out last year is that incredible. Was before that girl interrupted, right? 
Yes, Little Women was 1994, um, and Girls Worlds was 1999. So that one was significant at the time, and then she did Heather's after that, which Heather's is also a very well-known movie. But then this is the film that really she was a driving force behind and got it made and was successful. So that's why I think this might be the apex of her career because after this, she doesn't have any big roles after, unless you consider Stranger Things a big role, but she's not the star of that. She's one of the supporting characters. Definitely her apex moment. Um, would Angelia Jolie qualify for this at all? Does no. it get no. Does it get better for her after this? She did win an yes. Oscar. Yes, of course. Even if she even even if you were to consider her Maleficent, even now at this point of like her life doing this movie, like and, and no, Angelina, this is definitely not the movie that everyone refers Angelina to. It's not Shark Tale. <laughs> oh, no, what is that? You don't know Shark Tale, where she's the voice of the fish. Oh, I did that Chuck Tale. I know Shark Tale. Uh, yeah, Shark- like, no, but there was other movies. Like she was like, I mean, um, I mean, even Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like mm-hmm. you know, her her legend status only got better. It didn't peak at Girl Interrupted. Yeah, that's a good point. She because as far as acting goes. She hasn't done too many significant things since. She's been more of like a driving force behind the camera. I know she's directed a couple things. Yeah, at point. For now. But I mean, Bone Collector, was that before or after Girl Interrupted? I believe that was before uh, Girl Interrupted. Um, after this, she yeah. had like, she had gone and said, it was, it was actually, the Bone Collector came out the same year as Girl Interrupted, both in 1999. So which one was her APEC? <laughs> um, but she had movies after that. <laughs> she definitely like she has movies after that. I mean the Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider was a big one. But that, Tomb Raider was after that. Yeah, Tomb Raider was after that. Gone in 60 seconds. She was uh, she did a lot of voice work stuff, like she was in the Kung Fu Panda yeah. movies. I see some um Angelina Jolie movies, and I'll tell you. Because I feel like I feel like, I don't know. I feel like she's not really known for just known for Girl Interrupted. Yeah, look, I, Maleficent, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Girl Interrupted, Wanted. Oh, Salt was, oh my goodness. Changeling? Mm-hmm. Changeling 2008? I don't think that was probably like maybe her most famous movie, but I personally love that movie. Yeah, it's to me, it's I think Angelina Jolie is more known for her celebrity than for her yeah. career. Maybe because every Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt was always the one that people talked about. Whenever we talked about Hollywood couples, it was those two no matter what. So it was her apex, actually, you know, if you really think about it, it might be. That's why I put her down. And obviously, as you go down the line. I don't think it's anyone else's apex. Like Elizabeth Moss, who plays Polly, she her career has shot off from here. This was like the beginning of her career. Um, yeah. Cleared the vault. It got better for her after this. Um, Jared Leto, obviously. Jeffrey Tambor, Whoopi Goldberg, all these people. Um, was this Brittany Murphy's, though? I'm not sure. No, Brittany Murphy did Don't Say a Word. Brittany Murphy did Uptown Girl. Brittany Murphy did... Oh, Clueless. Clueless. She did the one with um, she did the one with um, what's it? Ashton Kutcher. She did um, no, definitely not. I wouldn't say Brittany Murphy's 
peak. If Brittany Murphy didn't die, then she would have even been done more. Probably. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd say Ryder and Jolie both do qualify for this. So um, Let's give it up for them, y'all. <laughs> Interesting turn of events there. All right, Matt, final question, final category. Who this is the apex of my career being on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, Matt, who won the movie? Who won the movie? Yeah. The award goes to... Go ahead and read that one. What does that say? Who won it? Who won the movie? Put the camera on him. Let it. Let me how to read. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't even know how to read. It was. It's chicken's guard. Angelina Jolie. The movie. She yeah. is the climax. She is the antagonist. She is the. She has. She she definitely had to win the movie. Who who else would have won? It, it's it to me. It's definitely her too. She's the person you're thinking about when you walk out of this film. Mm -hmm. um, she's clearly the strongest presence in this. Uh, like I said, you're always focusing on her every time she's on the screen, and she's scary good in this movie. Like it, whenever she pops up, I'm super scared of her in a way because I don't know yeah. what she's gonna do. And her driving Brittany Murphy's character. Yeah. to her suicide is a very scary thing and only certain people like Angelina Jolie is a very likable person and I hate her in this movie so that just shows how grave an actress she's, she is and I think that's that's probably the reason why she runs away with this to me I mean Winona Ryder is great as a lead but she's also very quiet and reserved Jolie's the one you're talking about when you're done watching this movie so I think she's easily the winner Go ahead, Angelina Girl. Do your thing. Do your thing. Uh, that's going to do it, everybody, for episode 31 of the Jader and Kyle show. Um, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I'm glad you were here. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I had a great time talking about the movies and um, getting to know each other. And thank you so much, Kyle. I really appreciate this opportunity. Not a problem, man. And also, tell everybody where they can find your podcast. Yes, please, guys, go to the YouTube, type in Rain Podcast. That's R-E-I-G-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, Rain Podcast. Go please follow the link and subscribe. We're going to be dropping episode three. Um, if you guys have any local, you know, have a business that you want to promote, hit us up. Maybe you guys can come on the show. Absolutely. And, guys, please go tune in. I've seen a couple episodes of Matt's podcast. It's a lot of fun. Those guys do they do quite a bit over there. So, um so support everyone who supports us. That's what we like to do here on the Jader and Kyle show. Um, everyone, please give your best wishes to Jader. He should be back next week. Um, and we're going to, you know, make sure, Matt, we get you on again at some point with Jader so you can meet yeah, him for, uh, officially. Yeah. Anytime. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you next week on another episode of the Jader and Kyle show.